This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Good evening and welcome to Pipe Bombs and Headlocks here on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, Tereo Irirangi, Onatangata, O Manawatu, for another Tuesday night. This is the Voice of Reason, Semi G, here in the NPR studio, and joining me via internet magical magicalness to talk all things wrestling, I do have with me Mr. Ray Gunn. Piao Sean Street. Big Piao Piao right there. That was huge. <laughs> huge. Huge piao piao. Uh, we do not have a superhero with us this evening because he is off doing superhero things. Uh, but Saving some cat from a tree. I mean, it is getting darker earlier now, so the cats, whilst their vision is good, can still mistakenly find themselves up a tree and requiring the superhero Joe Marshall. Mm. Quite. I don't know how he's get there. His ladder's not very big, and I'm not there to put him on my shoulders. Hmm. We can ask him when he's back next week. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, Backlash was last night, New Zealand time, two nights ago, American time. So, we thought we'd go through the results of that, as well as taking a look at a couple of events that are happening in New Zealand this very weekend. Uh, and yeah, if you guys thought this was going to be like our usual stick of us just ripping into Sammy G all night long, I'm sorry, like, prepare to be disappointed. This is, uh, we're professionals here. This is a professional show recap and then two show hype segment for the evening. Hey, man. It's called An Evening with Sammy. It's called what? You cut out there. An Evening with Sammy. Gee, don't or an evening with Sammy. My sexy voice is not as good as yours. Good evening and welcome to an evening with Sammy G. Don't need the G. Lose the G. No. Like how face better lose the the. <sighs> I'm your Napster inventor. I'm your Justin Timberlake. Uh, so, yes, looking to the Auckland area because they have... Again, two massive events happening this weekend. Uh, and as I say this, I realize that they had the uh, Warrior Wrestling event over the weekend, which I completely forgot about, not going to lie. Uh, so we I don't think they post results, though. Also true. So, yeah, we, we should have some uh, insiders that we can lean upon in the break and possibly get some results in the second half of the show. But for now, looking ahead to Underground 8, that is the 10-year anniversary show for uh, Maniacs United that is happening this Saturday. Uh, this is an early show, and looking at the card, it's going to be a long one. Uh, doors are open from 11.45 a.m. It's happening at the Pirata Community Hall. Uh, go and check out the Maniacs United Facebook page for more ticketing information. And, uh, yeah, uh, are you ready to run through the card, Mr. Gunn? Sure. You have the card. I do not. See, and you call me unprofessional. I have access to a jumbled mess of information that I don't really want to have to scroll up and down on. Well, luckily for you, I have the card in front of me, as mentioned. 
So, just got to pick a random spot. Right? Be so proud if you're organized for once. I know. Shakara. Uh, this Saturday at Underground 8, there will be a tag team title gauntlet as the Tunifar Atrocities defend their titles. Uh, anyone welcome? So they haven't listed any of the teams that are going to be taking on the Tunifar Atrocities. So that's going to be a fun one to see who shows up and uh, who walks out with the New Zealand Professional Wrestling Tag Team titles. Mm. Uh, we also have a submission match. Uh, the Spartan Sam Black taking on William Cutting. That should be a good one. That should be good, yeah. Both aren't really known as submission wrestlers as well, which I like about this. <coughs> yeah. Makes me think there's going to be shenanigans. Well, where one rejected member goes, usually there's you know, another one not too far behind, so... We shall see. Hashtag watch this space. Uh, there will be a strap match as uh, the unified heavyweight title is defended by Robbo, the Aussie dreamboat, uh, and he will be taking on the Bogan Jesus. Yes, I'm curious to see how that match is going to play out. I feel like of all people in New Zealand wrestling at the moment, Bogan's probably the one that knows Robbo the best. I have yet to be in the ring with Robbo, but I've been in the ring with Bogan, and I would argue they wrestle very similar styles, very heavy punch. <laughs> I was going to say hard-hitting. Spam the heavy punch button. Bam! So it should be a good bit of a hoss fight slash shenanigan-filled brawl. And it's a strap match, so... Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like that that uh, is the advantage to Robo, obviously because of the size difference. Although he has been losing weight and getting himself down there, I feel like he'll still probably have the size difference. So the strap will favor him heavily. But I we could we could see a new unified light oh new unified heavyweight champion. It's because uh, you're the light heavyweight champ. So dead fan Sammy. He just ruined it. Fans wouldn't have even noticed. Pia, pia. Uh There will be a tables match as Danny Octane takes on Evan Crow. One half of the Knights of Mayhem. This is going to be an interesting match. I don't know much about Evan Crow. I've seen Danny Octane a few times. He's forced to be reckoned with. He's a cyclone trapped in five and a half foot tall body. <laughs> He's ill. Yeah. So like, I yeah, I I, I don't know who to pick there. I, my guess would be Ken. Well, his tag team partner Rough Guts is also going to be in attendance. So, so anything can happen. Uh, speaking of Rough Guts, though, he will be taking part in one of the first ever casket matches here. In New Zealand, uh, and he'll be taking on the Phoenix Tellion, son of the legendary Possum Born. Yeah, it's another match that's a weird one, I guess, on paper. Uh, uh, you'd argue that Guts would like steamroll through the kid, but Phoenix Tellion's been on a bit of a roll lately. So he could have that, you know, beginner's luck still on his side. 
Yeah, I wouldn't even call it beginner's luck. He's clearly advanced quite well. I mean, he went pretty toe-for-toe with rugged Vic Craig not that long ago. But again, you've also got, you know, Danny Octane and probably Sabrina, so the numbers game could become a factor in this. Like, it could take three of them to get him in the casket. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I suppose there's definitely no disqualification in that sort of situation. So, But again, there's also the fact that, like, this is a Knights of Mayhem coming into Phoenix Talion's turf. Maniacs is Phoenix Talion's world, you know? Like, it's... Home if field this was advantage. A match, yeah, if this is a match, say, happening down in Valley Pro or down in Valiant or a match happening even in IPW, Knights of Mayhem is new stomping ground. I'd say, yeah, it's got to definitely favor the um, rough guts. But in Maniacs, you know, like... I guarantee you Phoenix Talion's made just as many like friends as he has enemies. Yeah. I guess hashtag watch the space. We should have some answers next week here on PBNH. Uh, also on the card, we have got a last man standing match battle of the big men, JT hollow versus Jamie Tucker to essay the battle of the JTs. I feel like I'm going to be seeing this all show long so far, but, like, another interesting match on paper. Yeah. JT Hollow, I have not seen him wrestle before. I've heard things. The stories go that he's a bit of an animal out there. And, obviously, Jamie Tucker DSA, former world champion in New Zealand, he had that massive uh, winning streak. Yeah, was that pretty close to two years or something like that? Yeah, just over even, possibly. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a long time. Yeah, there'll be... I'm not sure how that'll work. It's definitely definitely another clash of styles. There'll be another good horse match, arguably a bigger horse match than Bogan versus... Robbo. Robbo from earlier in the night. But, yeah... I don't know. On paper, you favor, favor Tucker to essay, but then again, like, Maniac's home turf. It's not really often a Maniac's home home team player loses at Maniac's. Yeah, um, yeah. just, again, JT on paper, Holler like, it's off. huge. Yeah. Yeah, JT Holler could put off the upset. He's definitely a believable upset. Again, hashtag watch this space. Uh, and if he does pull off the upset, what does that say about Target to SC now? Gone from being the big man, the undefeated guy for so very, very long. He beat everybody while he was champ. He held the SPW and IPW heavyweight titles at the same time. Like That's a big step up for... Uh, JT Hollow. It's a big step up for JT Hollow. If you can put up that upset, is that because JT Hollow's that good, or is this the start of maybe a Tucker to EC fall from grace? I'm I'm just speculating. I absolutely know nothing about what's going on, but like, no, no, I, you gotta look at these factors here. Like, there's a bit of extra motivation for both parties going into that. Lots to gain, not a lot to lose, really. Mm. Uh, also on the card, we have a pick your poison match for the one above all championship. Uh, so each of the, 
competitors in the match will start with their weapons of choice. So, oh, that's what they mean. Yeah. I, I could see the look on your face. I was just like, I'll, I'll just explain what a pick your poison match is in this in this case. Uh, so Horace will be defending his one above all title against Hustler from Unified, uh, uh, Chalky Murdoch, and Albesto. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw the picture of that. My uh, my pick would be Hustler. I'm just well, wondering what he'd... No, weapons involved, my pick's Horace. But, like, in an ideal world, my pick would be Hustler. Your boy. Uh, yeah, my boy. Well, considering Horace has been uh, in Australia with Deathmatch Down Under, like he's he's got the weapons thing down. So he's got the weapons, he's got the battle scars to prove it. Like, and he's still got the belt. So, Hustler is a definite favorite of mine. Though I don't can't emphasize how good he is. I've tried to hold the light heavyweight title and defend the light heavyweight title as willingly and eagerly as Hustler did during his reign. Yeah, he brought it up to yeah. CPW and defended it. So, If not Horace, Hustler's definitely the favorite after that. Albesto's good, but I've yet to see him win anything. I'm sure he'll get there. But, like, he's doing And he's come a long way. We've talked about this on the show before. He's come a long way very quickly. But... He's yet to win anything, so he would definitely be a very, very outside pick. I don't think anyone's expecting – he might wow the crowd a little bit. He'll definitely get them invested, but I don't think he's going to be the one to win. And who is the fourth name? Chalky Murdoch. Chalky Murdoch's the wild card pick. I don't know much about him. He uh, Most of what I know about him is from reputation alone, but he's definitely the wild card pick. You can't count him out. Nope. Uh, and the main event for Underground 8 uh, will be the death match for the New Zealand Professional Wrestling Championship. Currently held by Vic Craig, he will be defending that title against Just Plain Evil. <laughs> Why? Why Just Plain Evil? Why would you get involved in a death match with him? Uh, there are two further notes I should point out about this. Just Plain Evil will be the first ever woman involved in a death match. Well, in New Zealand. In New Zealand. And uh, also, because she's entering that, the Jackson Shield will also be vacated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember reading that. But yeah, I've said Craig all the way. New Zealand's I don't think like, I think if this was a one on one match, GPE could pull off the upset there, but no, but this this is a death match. This is Vic Craig all the way. Vic Craig territory. You. There's two people you don't mess with in death matches in New Zealand. That's Vic Craig and Horace. Like just no. <laughs> uh also making appearances at Underground Eight this weekend. Uh, James Shaw, who was the first ever New Zealand professional wrestling champion for Maniacs United. Oh. Have they seen what he's doing or just that he's appearing? Just an appearance. Uh, same what? with the rest of these names. Uh, the Neo Viper Kartik, who we saw recently at uh, CPW. Uh, Zach Hale. Yep, yep. 
Uh, our good friend, the superhero, Jay Marshall, will be in attendance at Underground. I'm going to stop you right there, Sammy. Two things, two things. The first thing you mentioned, James Shaw. Why do I get the feeling he's going to have some shenanigans involved and somehow he's going to walk away from Maniacs with some sort of title belt? Or, or maybe, I'm, I'm just going to put this out there. Maybe. The Jackson Shield. Maybe, yeah. yeah. He has this habit of, like, whether he's at a show or not, he just seems to end up with a belt. I mean, look what happened to the last Unified show. Like, yes, it was Sir Mr. Burns and Niwa. He wasn't even at that show. He I got know. A belt and out. he's still got a tag team title, thanks to Niwa. So, and what was the name you mentioned before, Jay? Uh, Zach Hale. Yes, that guy. Zach Hale is another one that has come a long way very quickly, along with his tag team partner, the New Blood, the New Blood, um, Kid Nova. Um, has Kid Nova been announced for the show? Uh, not for Underground Eight, but I will bring that name up again very, very soon. I wish Zach Hale all the best. However. He's a dick, and I've got a bone to pick with him. <laughs> Surprise level zero. Raygun, everybody. I, I saw his match with my boy Ryan Zero. And I don't know if I mentioned it on the last show or not, but I saw how he stole my thunder. Zach Hale climbed that top rope. He even looked straight into the crowd, stole my piao piao pose and everything, and hit a swanton bomb. I think you're sending a message. Yes. And I'm glad to see all of our secret, super secret gun cabinet training has paid off because Dill was able to kick out of that swan dog bomb at one. That does also mean that should me and Dills ever have to face, face each, each other, other again, Swanton's clearly not going to work. But I'm pretty sure it didn't work last time and he got it out of the way anyway. So I had to beat him last time with a roll-up. So that, that, that doesn't surprise me. But anyway, now you may continue. Uh, also announced for Underground 8, uh, Devin Walker from Valiant Pro Wrestling. He's I guess that's the new rookie dude, isn't it? It will be uh, one of his first appearances outside of Valley Pro Wrestling. I think it might be his first. It'll be like his first or second appearance, man. Well, definitely I, first appearance for Maniacs. I attended a seminar quite a while ago down there. And he was partaking in the seminar. And at that time, like, he definitely had some skills and abilities, but he was very nervous and very green. Like, he was definitely not match-ready back then. So this will definitely be, like, one of his very, very early appearances, probably first couple. One to watch. I wish him good things. I hope he, like I said, he's definitely got ability. So if he's gotten his confidence levels up and figured out what works for him, he'll, he could be a star. Uh, two more names. We have Victoria Ryan. Uh, she will be making an appearance at Underground 8. And also Shay from Unified. <coughs> Who from Unified? Shay. Ah, yeah. Cool. I think I briefly met her once at a show, which I think was possibly her debut or second match. It was a tag match. She teamed up with Elliot Samuels against Bryant in disgrace. Tactics. <laughs> uh, redacted. Sorry. Mm. 
Yes. Um, but yeah, she's good. She's good. Victoria Ryan's an interesting name, you know? Like she's branching out a little bit. She's a warrior graduate, probably one of the first warrior graduates, and she's branching out a bit now, which is cool to see. It's good to see because the women's division is kind of the same. Whereas the men's division nationwide, there's so many men's wrestlers in the country at the moment that like every promotion sort of got a vastly different scene. You've got a lot of guys who seem to be very good and can pull off a lot of wins, but only maybe in their home turf or near their home turf. And every time they travel, to another promotion, they take the losses, and there's guys in that promotion that uh, they're built the around. Same, so it's kind yeah. of, yeah, it's kind of different everywhere. But the women's divisions in the country are sort of the same handful or two of females, and so it's it's good to see more people coming into that, and seeing people like Victoria how get out there, and um, Shay as well get into the scene. Like it's good to see that scene building up again because. I remember there was, once upon a time, there was a lot of female wrestlers in the country. Like it was one of the first times I saw Megan Kate was at an Armageddon years and years ago. And there was a good, like, eight-woman brawl there. I was like, okay, and they were all good wrestlers. They were damn fine wrestlers. And so it's, yeah, it's good to see more women wrestling getting into it. And we can see how... Especially, like, she'll be used to the anarchy that I imagine comes at any sort of show named Maniacs because she's come through the unified system with the anarchy of all sorts of characters around the place. And with Victoria coming from such a disciplined ground as, like, Warrior moving to the chaos that a promotion like Maniac Springs, I, I, I think will be a bit more of a struggle for her or put her out of her comfort zone, and that'll probably be good for her. Well, she has faced Frankie Quinn in the past. Oh, yeah, I'm sure true, we've, true. we've talked about it before. Yeah. Before one of our long hiatuses from the show and stuff. And yeah, uh, we will go to a quick break here on Pipe Bombs and Headlocks. When we return, we will take a look at the other uh, big Auckland event this weekend which is impact pro wrestling new zealand's the eliminator so stay tuned support this show and others like it by giving a donation for more information go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate Welcome back to Pipe Bombs and Headlocks here on NPR Manawatu People's Radio for another Tuesday night this is still the voice of reason, Sammy G, still here in the NPR studio and still joining me via internet magical magicalness. I do have Mr. Ray Gunn from the gun cabinet. <laughs> yes, welcome. Uh, so before the break, we talked about uh, Maniacs United's Underground 8, which is happening this weekend uh, and staying in the Auckland area. Also happening this Saturday uh, is Impact Pro Wrestling New Zealand's The Eliminator event. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, also, a pretty stacked card. Uh, I can hear How many myself. eliminators have they had, have they had there? They need, they're getting right up there. It's turned into a bit of a legacy show, eh? Yes, definitely. Uh, of course, the winner of the eliminator uh, gets a future title shot. Uh, so, in the same vein as the Royal Rumble. 
Uh, only 20 wrestlers, though, and they have announced 12 of them. I shall list them off right now. Uh, Liger, Kidnova, Will Stone, Matty Short, James Shaw, Alex Savage, St. Finn, Sir Mr. Burns, uh, Vinny Dunn, Zach Hale, Chalky Murdoch, and Vic Craig all entering the Eliminator. Uh, so that means that there is eight vacant slots because it's only a 20-man rumble. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, something to look forward to there. Uh, my pick's not even announced. My pick is Charlie Roberts. Ooh, uh, mm, he may enter it. He has I just want match. like the reverse to happen of what happened last Eliminator, to have Charlie Roberts win and then cash in and take the battle off Sheehan. Ooh. I think that would be good karma. That would Screw be control. amazing it's karma. Another one of them. They're just another one of them bands of decks that the wee gun cabinet formed to protect the world against. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of Charlie Roberts, uh, he is one half of the IPW Tag Team Champions with uh, Jamie Tucker to SA, and they will be facing the Knights of Mayhem uh, in a Tornado Tag Team title match. You were on fine segue form this evening, Sam. Let me just say. Thank you. This is not the first crisp segue you've had when I've talked about some other wrestler associated with some other wrestler and you've just moved on to their match. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm proud of you. Yeah, well, I'm doing my best. Uh, so, yeah, on again, on paper, this match is huge. You've got the Alphalete and Jamie Tucker to SA. And then on the other hand, you've got the Knights of Mayhem. So there's like a whole lot of chaos in that match right there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like if Knights of Mayhem pull it off, it's definitely not going to be clean. Well, they are part of control be now. Some so, involved. like the king of the Alpha Elite and Tiger to Essie is, I wouldn't want to face them. If you were, if you came to me, Sammy James, like, hey, Ray Gun, I'm booking Gun Cabinet versus Tiger to Essie and Charlie Roberts, I'd be like, yeah, nah, no thanks. <laughs> Next, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good not taking a hiding. Can we have an a, opponents that I like? think I might be. <laughs> <laughs> I'd at least want a chance. Like, yeah. Mm. I mean, say what you want about me wanting this match with fucking oh, half swore with like Bryant, but like I've come a long way and I've got to watch a lot of tape involving Bryant over the last two, three years of my career. Like he's a man that I like. The only reason I have some sort of confidence in my ability to win is because I feel like I've watched enough tape to be like, mm, I can figure something out here. But those two, I've watched bits and pieces and I've watched enough to be like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> not there yet. No, not, that, not yet. One day, just not now. Uh, also on the card for the Eliminator, we have the IPW New Zealand Women's Championship. Uh, Amber Saint will be defending against the leader of the Brit Army, Brittany. Cool. Also the current number one contender for the Heathen Combat One Above All Championship. Just saying. Another shenanigans fueled contest. I feel. Yeah. Hashtag Watch the Space. Uh, we also have the Kincaid Cup match. Horace will be defending the Kincaid Cup against the Spartan Sam Black. Ooh, I don't know who to pick in that one. To be honest. Yeah, I mean they're both guys that we like, so. 
Horace is part it's of sort control. of the reverse of what I was saying before about home team advantage with the Maniacs matches. It's the whole do you favor Horace because he like IPW's his tur- home turf or like Spans pulled off some upsets. Horace does have control though. How many people do you know less than six feet tall that have managed to beat Ruben de Jong? Uh, yes. Exactly. Like, Spartan's a force in his own right. He's the current Hughes Academy champ, is he not? He is. Yeah. So it's, yeah. That's a difficult one to pick. I'm going to defer to counsel on that one. Hashtag watch the space when we have results next week. Uh, we also have the return of Megan Kate, who has not wrestled in six years, and she will be facing Candy Lee. Yeah, this should be an interesting match. Be interesting to see what Megan Kate can bring to the table after six years off. Hopefully, there's not too much ring rust. She used to be a formidable force. Straight to the top again. Yeah, yeah, well, if she wants to go straight to the top again, getting a win over Candy Lee will certainly do that for her. Candy Lee being a former IPW Women's Champion. And one has to, well, currently Frankie Quinn uh, is has a future title shot that she won at the last IPW event. So that makes her number one contender. But, you know, you'd think after... Candy Lee versus Megan Kate. There's got to be some implications there as well. Hmm. IPW definitely has one of the stronger women's divisions in the country. They have most of the, if not all, just about all of the women's wrestlers in the country come through IPW at some point or another. So it's, yeah, it's definitely the most competitive women's division. Um, you can never count out other people like Brittany either. Brittany's moved into wrestling with the big boys a lot of the time as well lately. She's managed to hold her own quite fine. Like you said before, she's got a title shot at the one above all. Um, so, but yeah, no, if, if Megan Kay can put off, pull off a win against Candy, Candy Lee. Lee, she's definitely starting, a stuff, starting herself off on a high note. Uh, and the other match announced for the Eliminator is the New Zealand Heavyweight Championship match. Jake Sheehan defending his title against Taylor Adams. Yeah, that should be good. We uh, recently saw Taylor Adams uh, at CPW a couple of shows back. It's awesome to see him back yeah. in the country. Jake Sheehan's sort of been holding that IPW title with an iron grip. Like he's like we've talked about, he's got control behind him and everything. He's going to be a difficult man to topple. If Taylor Adams can't do it, I don't know who else we've got in this country that can do it. Yeah. Well, maybe whoever wins the Eliminator. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the kind of... I mean, Taylor Adams is awesome these days so if anyone come up with a strategy to do it it's him but yeah yeah it's definitely the kind of match where Sheehan keeps the title afterwards who else you got IPW because there's not really anybody else he hasn't already beaten hashtag watch this space yeah Uh, so once again the Eliminator is happening this Saturday the 14th of May uh, and that is at the Te Pai Okura in Kelston. 
uh, go and check out IPW's Facebook page or their website uh, for ticketing information. Uh, check out both the shows. They're both on Saturday. From what I'm told, Maniacs is an early afternoon, midday show or something like that with Auckland hosting a doubleheader and IPW's later on that night. So, yeah, it, go see both of them. Don't just see one. Don't pick one. There's enough wrestling for everybody, fans. Support your locals. It's different IPW is like boysenberry ripple. Tasty, sweet, but there's a few rough patches. Maniacs is like one of those ice creams you get that's got four different flavors, like cookies and cream, as well as like hokey pokey, as well as goody goody gumdrops, as well as chocolate or something like that, because it's just chaos. And so, yeah. But Raygun, it's a Saturday. It's not a Sunday. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let myself up. <coughs> Neither of them are the greatest flavor of ice cream in New Zealand, so it's okay. Well, we can't all be Ben and Jerry's. I was going to say Essence of Sally Jude, they're all right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm on. The, I'm on a bit. You're not taking it back. I just gave you a compliment. <laughs> you were expecting it, an inappropriate compliment, but a compliment nonetheless. I was just about to defend my love of Ben and Jerry's because I've uh, been. I never tried Ben and Jerry's. Oh, you must. It doesn't sound like a flavor. That sounds like a brand. It is a brand, but the flavors amongst it just oh. If we're going by brand, the best is Duck Island, wow, and that would be CPW. I haven't tried it, so... I mean, I've tried CBW, obviously, because, you know, I'm there almost Yeah, yeah. Hey. Hey. Anyway, sticking to the wrestling. We've tried you. I mean, what? Stop. Uh, Backlash, did you watch it? Mm, pieces. Pieces. Good. Yes. Uh... Again, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Backlash was yesterday here in New Zealand, Sunday in America. Uh, a six-match six show. Yeah. It was, like, done in, like, Still, under three I hours. I feel like this is, uh, from what I've read and from what I saw, I feel like this was WWE's first, like, real show based around the fact that they're on Peacock now instead of the WWE Network. That is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Peacock has ads, and there were definite, definite parts from what I saw of the show where they were clearly padding the show out with promos for those watching it on pay-per-view and stuff like that for when there would be ad breaks and whatnot <laughs> on Peacock. Yeah, there was a couple of random promos. Uh, like there was the one for uh, uh, Bianca Belair. Yeah. Uh, and there was one for, I think it was Drew McIntyre. Like it wasn't like the old school, um, like My Sacrifice video, but it still had that same kind of like vibe to them. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this is sort of like Ella. Yeah. But, like, considering I feel like everybody's complained for at the very least the last, like, three years or so that, like, 
WWE shows generally run way too long that them actually getting a six-match card for once is probably a godsend for them. Something I can watch in three hours, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I watched pieces of it. I like to think I watched the good bits from what I've read. <laughs> uh, we'll start at the top of the card. Cody versus Seth. Did you watch it? I did. Most of it. This was the you know, WrestleMania Cody rematch. continues to his, I'm establishing myself as a big dog in WWE home coming fucking parade. Like, it's cool. It's cool. I just saw him. Oh, well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, 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 I'm, I don't know how much longer looking at the war results from today. It looks like this feud's continuing. But, like, I don't know how much longer you can really keep Rhodes the rollers going. If you want to maintain Rhodes' momentum, you sort of got to move him on to something else. You can't just stick him with one guy for the next six months and then hope he still maintains that momentum. Can you, though? I mean, I can see them no, pushing the boat out to at least, like, SummerSlam. If WWE could stretch out matches and interactions, yes, but as we know from past experience, they blow the load way too soon, 99% of the time. Uh, I don't think anybody will still be treating Cody Rhodes like a big deal if him and Rollins wind up having like a five-six match feud. It's way too much. Like uh, if they're going for a round three, like it seems like that it needs to be done after that, and he needs to move on to something else. Because the next one is Hell in a Cell. Yeah, and then we got Money in the Bank. And then we yeah. got SummerSlam. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we've said this a lot. I don't like Hell in a Cell as a pay per view because it's just forcing things into situations that yeah. shouldn't be in. Uh, but I mean, obviously, you could see them doing Seth versus Cody Hell in a Cell if they want to. But go I feel way. like, at least from Raw, what Raw showed, I feel like they're going to do almost versus Lashley in Hell in a Cell. See, I'd almost push for Edge versus AJ in Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Because they, well, I'm just guessing it's going to be almost <clears throat> versus Lash because Lashley kind of promo on Raw where he's like standing in front of like a cage door. Well, then I guess that makes sense too. Yeah. Which I guess is all right. But um, yeah, Cody Rhodes with Rollins was cool. It was exactly what it needed to be. Seth Rollins always has good matches. Cody Rhodes is definitely coming, come back to WWE very, very motivated to impress and perform and show that he deserves the spot. And... Yeah. Yeah, Cody Rhodes. I don't think we see Cody Rhodes won that match again, so he's 2 nothing. It's the first time you haven't spoiled the ending of a match. <laughs> Cheeky grin. Uh, so yeah, Cody Rhodes picking up the win over Seth Rollins, uh, grabbing the tights. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like the whole tights pull roll up doesn't work. Other tights roll up works. It's a good little turnaround. Yeah, Seth tried it first, didn't happen, but Cody. I will got say, from an out of character perspective, it cracks me up that like the pedigree was used. Not even really as a false finish. 
it was just thrown out there in the middle of the match as a big move for a cheeky two count. It wasn't even it wasn't even like built up as a false finish. Just bam, throw it in there. Yeah. What is it? G Y S I. Get your <laughs> yeah, sorry. yeah. Uh Bobby vs. Almost. Did you see it? Oh, nah, I'm glad I didn't. Uh, almost picking up the win, thanks to MVP and a cheeky cane shot to the... It looked like throat, but I'm pretty sure it was to the side of the head. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I had no interest in this match just because I remember that I think we spoke on our post-WrestleMania show about my general disdain for this match, like... Almost first Lashley at WrestleMania was possible, but like it wasn't what they wanted to do. It's the catch twenty two where like in twenty twenty two I get what they're trying to do with Omos. But it was the same thing they struggled with for so long with the great Carly as well when he first debuted. In twenty twenty two, even your casual WWE fans that are like ingrained in the WWE style of soap opera shenanigans all the time. Like you still can't just put some giant in front of them and have him not do anything. You can't, you can't have a card where someone else can crack out a 450 splash or just somebody and they kick out at two and then have this big lumbering idiot, barely mobile doing like basic chops and strikes. It's just, I get it, but and especially against somebody of like a Bobby Lashley as well, like you, you sort of. I feel like they sort of just rushed it with almost a little bit. He's definitely like I would say he's definitely a better in ring performer than what the great Carly was for the first couple of years of Carly's career. But like, because I don't feel Carly really came into his own till the first around the first Punjabi prison match that he was in. Right. That was around when he like started actually figuring out how to work properly, when he had been moved on from dominating the undertaker for some unknown reason to try and get him over strong. And yeah, but like almost definitely more mobile and capable of more things than Carly was. But I feel like he's one of those guys where they needed to build him up a bit more. They sort of rushed it and threw him straight into like, a credible challenger. Mostly I feel just because they needed an extra match to pad the card that make people pay money for. Uh, Edge versus AJ. From what I saw, that was cool. It was pretty paint by numbers in terms of going into the match with all the hype videos about Damien Priest as well, joining up with Edge and everything like that. I knew, and then being like, Damien Priest is banned from Rigside, I was like, all right, sweet. So Edge is winning by somebody else joining. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, is it that obvious? I can already see the writing on the wall here. Like, you've got Edge announcing a new faction. He's only got one dude in the faction, and that person's banned from Ringside. Of course, somebody else is going to debut and join the faction. So two cool things out of this. Firstly... Even though he was banned from ringside, Damien Priest still like made an appearance and was like clearly mm. like, I'm not passing this barrier point. I uh, like how even the commentators like were sort of fuckical about it. Be like, that's a ridiculous 
ridiculous technicality you like be able to get away with. Like, come on. <laughs> and I guess technically – On fine point the whole evening with his commentary. Technically, like as soon as Finn Bella shoved him over that that line, it should have been disqualified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just saying, just saying, as a, as a, as an observer. Um, but yeah, I did like that. Bella like <laughs> took him off, and they've got that whole uh, Bullet Club thing going with uh, Bella and AJ. Bella and AJ, yeah, that's cool. I feel like it's a couple of years later than it should have yeah, been. Yeah, we but, know, like, but. They're and kind I, of acknowledging I, I, do like, I do like the fact that Edge and AJ, the match was also very similar to their WrestleMania encounter, but it was different enough. Like, they're both very good storytellers, and so they were able to pull off the callbacks to the past match, whether it was doing the exact same spot again to establish that, okay, this is a thing that that person can get on this person, or the countering, countering back into doing it again sort of thing was... Yeah, it was cool to see. They're both very good storytellers, so still a main match. It was probably my favorite of what I saw of the night. Uh, and the reveal of the newest member of Judgment Day, which was Rhea Ripley. Yeah, yeah she's good, because I feel like she's been a little directionless for a while. I don't know how much WWE you watch these days, but like from the stuff I I, yeah, I see, she started came in pretty strong. But sort of, at least for the most part, for basically the entirety of this year, she's just sort of been treading water. The whole so tag team with Liv Morgan and, yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily a bad thing, because no. I, I feel the same with Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan improved leaps and bounds over last year, and now she's stuck basically just treading water. Like. Uh, speaking of the women's division, we had the, well, I guess final match for now. Uh, between Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair, the I Quit match. I have precisely zero interest in watching Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey wrestle. I I find a lot of what Charlotte Flair does very formulaic. She's good but not great. And I feel like, for the very least, for the last two, three years, she's almost gotten lazy. She's very paint-by-numbers. All of her matches are basically the same. All of her heat segments are basically the same. Like, she's just, yeah. And, like, Ronda Rousey is entertaining, and she's one who, since she started, especially for how few matches she's had in total, has come so, so very far. I feel she's still at the level where every single time I see her she cracks out something new that shows she's still training and still learning. She hasn't rested on her laurels at all. At the same time, I feel like this run, at least so far, she's almost seemed unmotivated. I don't know. There's just, yeah, something, I feel there's something missing from her matches that she had the last run that she doesn't have this run. And I don't know. I, I can't put my, I feel it's motivation, but I can't quite put my finger on it. And like that's for that re- for those two reasons put together, why I had no interest in this match. And I watched the WrestleMania match, and I wasn't. I remember speaking on our post WrestleMania show about that match as well. I'd be like, that nobody was not got anything out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They promised us this epic as clash of like the baddest woman on the planet and the 
dominant Charlotte Flair and what we got was not that. A match from Friday Night Smackdown. So I had no interest in seeing the rematch, and especially with, uh, like, I don't know, it was one of those matches where I feel the winner was never in doubt. Yep. Like, there was, yeah. Because, again, if you're, if you're looking at it from, like, a fan who pays any sort of attention to how these how WWE works. If Charlotte Flair wins, who does she fight next? Yeah. Whereas with Ronda, you've got a whole lot more fresh opportunities. Yeah. 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 And it will be cool to see where they go. I feel like the only matches Charlotte Flair's had in the last, like, couple of years that have gone longer than, like, five minutes is, like, your, your Becky Lynch's, your Ronda Rousey's. Like, there's... There's definitely that clear divide between Charlotte Flair and everybody else, so to speak. And so, yeah, just no interest in watching a Charlotte Flair match for a while. And so Ronda Rousey was never in doubt she's going to win. Uh, I'm yeah. ranting too much and we're running out of time, eh? A little bit. But this is why we do this show, because we talk about wrestling. Uh, and we've only got two matches left, so... Uh, Madcap Moss versus Baron Corbin. That was a pretty quick match. I didn't see it. Um, I think I was taking a doozy of a doozy when that match was going. <laughs> I will say Madcap Moss picked up the victory in that one. Uh, which brings us to the main event. The six-man tag, uh, RK McBro, I think was the name that got thrown around there, against the Bloodline. I will say... As a fan of the of the magical herb, I'd say that on here, right? <laughs> I'll allow it. Like, um, I love the whole, like, RK bro, 420, I just smoked your ass stick. I love that. It's so gold. And I feel like if Matt Riddle was teaming up with any other wrestler, that sort of thing wouldn't work. The only reason it works is because it's Randy Orton, and you're like, what? <laughs> the Viper, the guy used to punch people in the face. This is awesome. <laughs> like, that's why it works. It's, Randy plays the straight man in that tandem real well, and they've done a real awesome job of the slow burn character development where Randy slowly let down his guard around Riddle to the point where you see Randy openly cracking jokes and having a bit of a laugh and having so much more fun in the ring with it. And that's the reason it works. But it's so gold. Oh. Also, congratulations to I feel Randy. like once, once every couple of years, there's that random thrown together team that happens in WWE that just clicks for whatever reason and you just don't want to see them break up. But I feel like they're the newest incarnation of that. Like, like your Canes and your I feel like it's a case like the one before them was the bar. Yeah. Where, like, when they first started teaming up, it seemed their whole little best of seven series or whatever, best of five series, lead them to being a team. So it totally seemed like uh, these guys are thrown there as a tag team because we don't know what else to do with them. And it just worked, and they became the team that you just didn't want to see break up. And now it's RK McBro or RK Bro. The Mick in this case being Drew McIntyre, uh, clearly a challenger to Roman Reigns. It should have come out with cheeseburgers. It was right there. It was right there. The McBro. RK McBro. Missed marketing opportunity for shame. They got some sweet McDonald's sponsorship money for that. 
Uh, I do have to say, I did love the moment where Roman Reigns tagged in, was about to throw hands, and then was just like, nah, and tagged out. Like, classic heel move, but it just, it, it got me. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. The whole match, from what I saw of the match, I caught, like, the start, and I missed, but pretty much smack bang in the middle and came back to the finish. So you saw the... the- I came back... I came back at the double double kick to face, double super kick spot. Oh, yeah, 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 from the Usos. Super kicks each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, it's one of those things like we've talked on the show about before is, like, where do you go with Roman Reigns? It's not really... Especially with them winning that match too, you're like, where do you go with all of that stuff now? Like, Roman Reigns has beaten everybody. The Usos have beaten everybody. Like, <coughs> anybody you book to beat Roman Reigns now, you almost have to have it be like a complete shock and awe, fluke, upset win. And like, I mean, RK Bro is about the only credible team you could have topple the Usos. Well, you can still do the title unification match if that's what you want to do. That's still an option. Uh, I know, well, according to the interweb, uh, Roman's just signed a new deal where he's going to be wrestling half as much as what he was. Like, yeah. So he's going to become the new Brock Lesnar and only turn up once every six months. But I suppose, like... In terms of booking this title reign of his, they probably should have done that like a year ago because, like, now you've run out of people for him to fight. You sort of need for him to go away for six months. But at the same time, you who else have you got that can hold that show together so you sort of don't want him to go away at all? You've got to figure out some balance there. It's the whole – to make an analogy, it would have been like the CPW thing, like – Liam's defeat of Cuddy to finally capture the CPW title wouldn't have meant as much if Cuddy hadn't been there for those last few shows, redacting his way to the victory every bloody time over everybody. Like, So I'm not sure if the whole... Unless you can get the titles off of him before then, but you don't have anybody to like get the title. Or McIntyre's the closest, but I feel like that win's not really... Wouldn't he say he'd be that great a win for McIntyre? I feel like they try and shill it to everybody. If you're going to give the ball to McIntyre, they try and shill it like it's a huge deal, like McIntyre was the one to finally end Roman Reigns' thing, but I don't feel like they're going to be able to put on that epic contest that would seal Justify, that. I feel like yeah. that moment's not going to be as big as they want it to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there was the time when Brock was doing the same kind of thing where he had the title and then he would just go away for a while and come back and just remind people that he was champ. So Roman mm. could easily do that. Yeah, but they that was the big complaint back then from all of us that, like, he got – they got stuck in that rut where, like, he'd go away for a while and then he'd come back just to whoop somebody in, like, six, seven minutes at a pay-per-view to establish that, yep, no, nah, he's still on a whole nother level and then bugger off again. Like, if, if anything, even McIntyre, the whole McIntyre-Brock-WrestleMania thing – wasn't as epic as it should have been. Yeah. Like WWE seems to have a very big problem at the moment with being able to go balls deep on having that 
epic babyface win. They don't seem to be able to pull off that epic belt that they claim to be leading towards. Every single time they've built it up, they seem to have dropped the ball at the last second. And I don't know if that's the wrestlers involved or if that's the agents and bookers backstage, not like booking themselves into a corner or writing themselves into a corner and not knowing how to give a satisfying finish. But like, yeah, they seem to have a serious problem. So who, who do they... Yeah, I'm making all sorts of weird puns and intentionally, <laughs> but yeah, like so. Just as my mic drop, like, yeah. Reigns drops the title before then. Who do you give it to? That's going to be able to be credible and get that win. Uh, and that is a question that we might be able to answer on next week's show, as we have quickly run out of time here on PBNH. Uh, if you do want to get in contact with us, you can do so via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at PBNH Show. Uh, if you want to email us, pbnhshow at gmail.com. Uh, if you've missed any episodes of the show, you can catch them at npr.nz forward slash show forward slash pbnhshow. We are also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, and if you are listening on Triple Nine AM, stay tuned for the Wrestling Roundup. And message hey, you. <laughs> Just as I was saying something nice, he has to go and do that. All right. Piao, piao. See you next week. <laughs>